Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Empress Bank. Coming up, the latest on the 2024 NFL Draft from the team at KC Sports Network, your home for Kansas City Chiefs coverage. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Happy Monday morning. If you're listening to this podcast Monday morning, we appreciate you. It is the start of the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. I'm BJ Kissel, and We'll be headed up there as you're listening to this podcast. Tucker Franklin and I will be driving across I-70, heading to Indianapolis. We'll be meeting Haley Lewis and Sean Barber there uh, to bring you coverage here at KC Sports Network. But uh, because I'm driving and we're obviously recording this beforehand, um, I'm talking with somebody that uh, has been to a lot of NFL scouting combines in Indianapolis and former athletic trainer for both the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, and Mr. Aaron Borgman, a good friend. It's about as professional open as I can give you, Aaron. I've known you too long at this point. We've had you on too much, but excited to talk with you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a subject that uh, I feel like I can talk on uh, educatedly. Uh, obviously, it's changed, uh, tweaked a little bit since I've been there, but the basics are still the same. So, you know, yeah, like it's it's a really interesting thing, and I think people honestly don't know as much about it as what is shown right? It's yeah. like one of those things. It's kind of like an onion, right? It's got lots and lots of layers to it. Yeah. It's, it depends what they show on TV and that's what most people right. know about it. And you do that over and over and over again. And then it kind of takes on a, a name of its own. And that's what I appreciate about our time together when you were doing important things at the Kansas City Chiefs and I was covering people doing important things, but going to the combine and, and people like yourselves and, and Rick Burkholder and everybody on the, the athletic training staff educating me on the fact that the NFL scouting combine is basically a medical testing event with just a bunch of other things that go on too, because it is the single most important aspect of why people go to the combine, what separates it from other times that you have a chance to sit down and talk with these players and interview with these players and pro days. And obviously scouting the boards are set for the most part before they get to the combine. Uh, sorry to break news for anybody that still believes that those boards are set. Uh, in the couple weeks leading up to the draft. But um, but yeah, Aaron, when you say that it, there's so much that people don't know about what it really is, um, what do you mean by that globally? And then we'll get into the details. Yeah, so let's, let's start off about what people see, right? So a lot of people enjoy the combine because they see some things that they may have not known about some players that they watched on Saturdays or Fridays or whatever it is during their college football season. But what the combine really is, is on the TV product, is it's a bunch of guys running around in tights doing different drills by position group, right? All of these drills are pre-designed. Everybody knows what's coming. Everybody knows what they're going to be doing. And all of these players have trained for said drills, right? Now, back when I started way, way long time ago, they didn't even allow admission into this thing. Now it's kind of turned into a fan spectacle, which is kind of cool if, you, if you're if you really into that kind of thing. Um, I don't think it resembles football all that much, honestly. That's my personal belief. But, you know, there's a lot of hardcore football people out there that really, really enjoy it. And so for them, I think it's great, right? So that's what we see. We come home and we watch it on NFL Network or 
you know, ESPN or whatever the highlights are on that night. And you see this group, this group, this group, this group, they did the forties, they did the bench presses, they did the, the three cone, the pass catching drills, the punting drills, whatever it might be. Stock up, stock down reports. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, you know, my whole thing always was like, you know, the combine was invented for a very specific purpose when film and the internet didn't exist. Right. And so a lot of people and scouts and teams included may have not seen some of these more obscure players. Well, now it's, it's still that there's still a lot of people that attend the combine that don't have a ton of exposure. So it's good for those individuals. And I think it can help their stock for sure. Uh, There's a lot of teams that place value on certain levels of, you know, the 40 time or certain drills and things like that, as opposed to the film. Uh, And I think that's just one big pie graph, right? Like you have certain percentages here and there. And, you know, I think that's all great. That's what the average public sees. Now, Honestly, that is like the, I use the thing all the time called the iceberg theory. It's like 20% of what actually goes on, right? These players are whisked around the, the Indianapolis stadium and town really in general from the hospital to the hotel, to the stadium, to the meetings, to this, to this, to this, to this. And they are in and out of Indianapolis so quick uh, that they can't hardly even believe it, right? So there's a uh, battery, a litany of a multitude of tests and interviews and screenings and imagings that happen all behind the scenes, even before they even hit the field. So I actually think that's where the real value of the combine is. And those, you know, we were always told, you know, our jobs were never to tell teams who to take. That wasn't, you know, we weren't scouts. We were medical people, right? Our jobs were to find out who not to take because of medical reasons or who to inform the uh, higher ups in the front offices about like, hey, this person might not make it to a second contract. Or, you know, if you want to take this person, you have to know X, Y, Z, you know, so those types of things. And, you know, it was kind of a a fun educational process for me every year. I feel like I learned something or I saw a new condition that I had never heard of. And and really, if you take a step back and take the 30,000 foot view there is more that goes into the combine as far as medical screening. And then once you find an issue, more in-depth medical uh, evaluation than you could ever imagine as a person just kind of on the outside. It really is a miracle that all these highly trained medical staffs, physicians, uh, athletic trainers, physical therapists, everybody involved are able to pull all this off within the short timeframe that they have. And they really, really have fine-tuned it in Indianapolis over the years. It's it's amazing to me. I want to ask you specifically about it, but uh, you and I joke on social media. It's become a thing. We do, I think we do it every year. We could just rinse and repeat the interaction that we have. Uh, when people talk about moving the combine away from Indianapolis, can you give the elevator pitch on why it makes absolutely no sense to move the combine away from Indianapolis because of everything that you were just talking about? Well, first of all, I think it takes a little bit of knowledge of geography of Indianapolis, right? Like you've been there. Everything downtown is right there, right? The hotels, the stadium, the convention center, the hospital, right? It is right there. And so from a logistics standpoint alone, getting all of those 300 and some odd players every year that come in around to all of those stations just in that by itself is a logistical nightmare. And so imagine changing up that format every year. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying Indianapolis has it down perfect, man. They have perfected this, and they know how to do it. They know everybody's coming to town. They know X, Y, Z is going to be here, here, and here. 
they they just have it down to a T. They've refined the process so well. And I think, you know, as a town, they actually enjoy it very well. So, you know, listen, um, I, I've never had a bad time in Indianapolis. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, if anybody who loves the NFL just wants to know what it's like, the hustle and bustle, go to the combine. Go, just go to Indianapolis. You don't have to go to the combine. You don't have to be credentialed. You don't have to do any of that. Just go to Indianapolis and just go to, you know, Prime 47 at like 1030. And just grab a seat. Oh, the early way. <laughs> yeah, you you got to get a seat uh, if you're if you're a newbie, um, which most people are if you don't own a team or the general manager or head coach of a team. But uh, it is always fun. Now, Aaron, how many different tests are these players doing? And, and I'm assuming I don't think we need to get into this, but the reason that everybody's tested in one uniform space is you couldn't necessarily trust that if you didn't do it this way, that if you had everybody independently send you medical forms, and that seems like a logistical nightmare. So is it simply just getting everybody the same variable, same test, same equipment, same everything to compare it across the board? Yeah. So what it, what it is, is it's a, it's a way to standardize, you know, what uh, teams have requested for, in a manner of speaking, the top tier recruits, right? Now, it, it's not fair to say that everybody at the Combine is a top-tier recruit. Obviously, people get drafted every year that don't go to the Combine. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But teams have said, we want this, 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 and this. These are the things that are important to us. Obviously, there is a procedure prior to the Combine even uh, happening that teams have advanced knowledge of players that are going there of their medical histories. However... You know, they're also required to divulge, you know, injuries that they've had in their collegiate careers. There is an orthopedic section. There is a internal medical section, orthopedic being defined as bones, joints, muscles, things of that nature. Internal medical being brain, heart, lungs, uh, reproductive organs, things like that, you know, uh, digestive, you know, so on and so forth. Right. And so every player gets, you know, essentially profiled into categories of do they have this? Do they have that? What needs to be double-checked? What needs an image? What needs a special test? What needs an EKG? What needs you know this? What needs that? Every single player gets a certain battery of tests. There are above and beyond tests that can happen all in the same location. Uh, you know, so what, it, what you end up with is a very, very high baseline for every single player that attends medically, right? Mm -hmm. And if you take a step back, if you're talking 300 guys, right, that is really, really powerful. Not everybody that goes to the combine gets drafted, but their medical profiles follow them no matter what happens, right? And so if you take 32 teams times seven rounds plus compensatory picks, right, you have a really good base to build from. Everybody that's out there kind of has the same base level of information. Now, teams can choose to get more specific if they like, but at least you have a very, very high floor of medical information. And that way, you know, you're not starting in the dark like you could, you know, 30, 40 years ago where, yeah. you know, teams just didn't have a whole lot of good stuff on guys. Obviously, they're going to the NFL. And obviously, I'm making a joke with this. But I feel like once you get invited to the combine, an added bonus is the greatest physical you'll ever have in your entire life. Because we see it, I wouldn't say every year. But we've seen it multiple times where some very serious medical conditions that needed to be taken care of are caught because, for whatever reason, they weren't caught in other tests that maybe just weren't going as in-depth as these are. Well, yeah, and let's be very clear. These guys get poked and prodded and tested in college, too, and sometimes things either get missed or they get 
they develop in between, you know, uh, physical exams or they develop over the season. And, you know, that's no one's fault, but that's the reason for the combine. That's not only for the team's benefit, but quite frankly, it's also for the player's benefit. I mean, there's been a number of stories and you can look back on it that uh, players have been, you know, disqualified from playing in the NFL uh, and that's unfortunate, but medically it's for their own good. And they've gone on and had procedures and lived very healthy lives because of it, where you can't guarantee that otherwise. Right. And so, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty intensive deal, but it's there for a reason. How much did you know about the players when you went into the combine that you were doing, or was it literally just line them up and I'm just doing the same tests and the same stuff? Like what was your kind of responsibilities what were you doing and how much did you need to know about the players specifically when you were at the combine yeah so what they do is they get there and they make a self-report of all of their injuries and you know uh, for some of the bigger schools you might already have a lot of information on said player right but uh, they go they go around and they report said injuries and then it's declared whether or not they need imaging x-ray MRI, cat scan you know for the orthopedic side of things and that all happens before they ever get evaluated by a physician or an athletic trainer in one of the uh, six evaluation rooms. The NFL has divided all 32 teams up into six evaluation rooms, and the players cycle through those as they go through the day, right, to get evaluated by all 32 teams. Now, every room does that a little bit differently. Some teams evaluate players as a whole. Some people evaluate things differently. Some people want to take a closer look, this and that, right? And so I can't speak to the individual nature there, but well, what I can tell you is if, if a player, XYZ player comes in with, you know, let's just do something common like a, an ACL tear. Someone's going to go up there and they're going to test their knee to see how lax it is. They're going to look at their quad strength, things of that nature. They're going to hold up the MRI and they're going to read the MRI out loud for the whole room to hear. So everybody kind of knows what's going on. And that's a good thing because the dissemination of information speeds the process up, right? It makes an expedited process. And so... You know, it, it really is, um, you know, some players have equated it to a meat market kind of thing. And I, I understand yeah. that mentality. I get it. It's a long, arduous process. And let's be very clear. None of them want to be there doing that. Aaron, but- this is, I'm going to cut you off for a second. Because what you're talking about, and I've been in that room where they walk out. It's a little different than it was at like the senior bowl. When they, I went and sat there a couple of times. And about three minutes into it, I said, what am I doing here? And that's when they just call a guy up. They measure him, they do a height, they call out, and then he walks down the line. At least with yours, they're coming up, they're kind of walking behind different things. Yeah, and so, you know, this is much more in-depth than that, right? The yeah. heights and weights and things are all taken uh, before they get into the, the medical section of type of things. And so, you know, listen, uh, I understand. It, it's it's arduous. It feels like somebody uh, is kind of on display sort of thing. But it truly is a medical job interview, right? And, you know, listen, right, wrong, otherwise, players in the past have tried to hide things. That's never going to work out. Like, people are going to find out, um, you know, because they want to improve their draft stock, right? They don't want any medical liabilities on their things. Anymore, that doesn't happen near as much because the information is just out there. Um, But I think think the best way that people on the outside could look at it is, it's a medical interview for a job. And, you know, uh, the, the the role of sports medicine in all of professional sports, not just the NFL, is to weigh risk, right? If we take this person, what is the risk for these two or three condi- or five or six sometimes conditions that they might have? Yeah. You know, they have a foot, they have a knee, they have a shoulder. 
Well, then that also depends what position they play. Do they have a back as an offensive lineman? Do they have a heart condition, but it's controlled? Do they have high blood pressure? Do they not? You know, like it's, it's all just one big uh, risk assessment. Yeah. All right. We're going to have more with Aaron Borgman right after this. Could talk a little bit about any stories he's got from chiefs, future chiefs, them come by from anything that he remembers from his time there. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to this episode of the KCSN Draft Show. BJ Kissel hanging out with Aaron Borgman, getting you ready for the NFL scouting combine. The guys from the lab, the guys from Only Weird Games, they'll give you the players to watch. They'll break all the film down. They'll tell you who fits in Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid systems. Right now, we're going to talk about what the combine's actually about. That's what Aaron has been educating us on, on the medical side of things. But Aaron, I do have a question for you because you've seen literally thousands and thousands of players during your time that have come through the combine. Do you remember any interactions or do you have any stories of interactions with guys who ultimately became Kansas City Chiefs players that you remember and while draft day or like, I remember that dude from the combine? You know, nothing specific. It's it's one of those things when, you know, you, you sit in those rooms and I didn't, you know, my responsibilities for the combine weren't as heavy as others. So, you know, uh, I, I could be in those rooms and not have as much responsibility and just kind of see guys cycling through and be like, oh, that's, you know, the Heisman candidate over there, you know, oh, that's the guy that won this trophy over there and that kind of thing. And, you know, not pay much attention to him because honestly, you just don't know how the draft's going to go. Right. And so it's not so much that you pay attention to the guys at that moment. It's when you draft them and then you look back and like, oh, yeah, I remember the fact that that guy had, you know, this ankle or he had that bad shoulder. And it's more like hindsight being twenty twenty, as opposed to like uh, instantly remembering in the reverse. Right. And so because you have to do so much review of all of these people, when you're doing all of that uh, review, not only in the combine, but then you take it back and then you do a post combine and all your combine medical meetings and whatnot, then you kind of reflect on it and you're like, yeah, yeah. I remember when he came through, he had this and he said that and yeah. so on and so forth. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's been so many of them that none of them <laughs> actually stick out. No, that's cool. I, How many times, I'll reverse engineer it because you might remember this one. 
How many times have you been watching the NFL draft and a player was drafted and you had done the work on that player medically and you're like, why in the hell would he be taken where he was because of a negative thing that you knew about? And they probably did too. They just, for whatever reason, made a different decision. Well, that's the thing, right? We know we talked earlier about the baseline of medical information, right? And so um, once you get past that baseline, every team then does you know, more in-depth stuff with people either on the side during private workouts or private visits and things like that. And then the grades start to get a little fuzzy. Some teams trade grades, some don't. Some teams trade accurate <laughs> grades, some don't. What you just said was a sl- throwaway line that I think if you people exchange grades, teams exchange grades with each other. They work together. And they're house. not always accurate. Let's just be honest with what it is, right? And so... Um, you know, there's a lot of, yeah, you know, GMs are good at what they do. They don't want to show their hands. They don't know what people know where they're going. And, and so listen, I'm not going to put names out in the street or do any of that kind of stuff here today, but uh, to tell you that the combine process when it comes to medical things is completely transparent. is just not true. And I don't think that's a big secret or anything like that. Uh, there's a baseline and then everybody goes to certain, uh, checkpoints where they think, is important each team has their own very specific unique grading scale that has um you know very uh standardized parts right but different teams grade uh you know certain conditions differently and they feel that way and that's their right that's because they have their own medical staff and their own gms and their own head coaches that feel differently about different conditions and that's where i think the nuance comes in and so when when i sat in those medical meetings and we either upgraded or downgraded the guy and then on draft night, you see the guy taken ahead or below of where you project. You're like, whoa, or wow, or, you know, it's just a whole range of emotions. And there's yeah. been guys that we downgraded that had, you know, all pro careers that we didn't think we were going to take on the board at all. And there's been guys where we thought were perfectly fine and didn't make it two or three years. And so honestly, it's the, it's the whole spectrum, man. Like you try to do your best at forecasting and that's what it is. It's a really, really, really educated guess. Yeah. Um, and, and 90% of the time you get it right, um, as a staff and the doctors and the head athletic trainers and those, those individuals like do a great job about it. Uh, but sometimes you miss and that's the fine. That's, that's okay. Right. You're not going to hit everyone. Right. Because sometimes people just defy odds. Yeah. And so much of the, the process of building the draft boards obviously is affected by all the stuff that we're talking about, but, uh, that those boards are set, you know, during the bye weeks during the regular season. That's when they're starting to be set. And they, when the scouts all get together and they all fly back from, they all live across the country. They all come back. They put the board together, and then obviously it changes throughout the All Star games a little bit here and there. And when they have a chance to talk with some players and meet them face to face for whatever reason, if they fit or if they don't fit what they're looking for, they can go up and down. But in your estimation, like how much would you weigh the importance? of the scouting combine in the overall picture of a player or any players being selected? How big of a portion of this is, is this next week in Indianapolis? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think it's the team's first real chance to get their hands on a player, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can read a medical report. Anybody can read that. Like uh, armchair Twitter uh, medical people like me now, right? Or excuse me, X. Um, can read a medical report and say, well, that person's not going to do this or they're not going to be able to do that or they will be fine with this, right? This is the first chance that teams have to get a lot of uh, hands-on contact with people 
to let their physicians actually see what a joint looks like compared to a report. You're not your MRI or your x-ray sometimes. Sometimes things look a lot better in person. Sometimes things look a lot worse in person. And so, you know, I think that's where uh, this kind of reveals things. So you have the medical stuff, but then you also combine that, no pun intended with combine, but you uh, you combine that with what they look like on field. And, yeah. and then you start to really put the pieces of the puzzle together, right? And so you might have heard that your favorite wide receiver had an MCL sprain, you know, halfway through the uh, college season. Well, did they finish the season? Did they not play? Did they play? What's it look like now? So on and so forth. Extrapolate that out for every injury imaginable and combine that with the imaging, combine that with the on-field work, and then you've got this one big bolus of information that you have to go and tell your front office, like, here's what we got, here's what we think, this is our projection. And so, you know, I think when you put it in those terms and you kind of take a step back and look at the big picture, I think that even places more weight on the medical process that all of these NFL athletic trainers are doing this week. Yeah. And, and question. you're going to love my questions because I start getting curious about processes and how things work. Who is in charge? Like, who is it within the staff? You know, in the, you know, Brett Veach's staff, who is it in charge of taking all this information and putting it together in the booklets and putting together those, uh, all of this information? Because what you just said, it's a waterfall. It's a fire hose. You're getting fire hose of information. Yeah. And who let's be clear. That- this is just the combine. This doesn't include non-combine individuals. Right. But just for the combine specifically, yeah, yeah. like the process of all these things being gathered, who is it that's putting this stuff together? It's not like Brett Veach is in there doing data entry. Is this where, <laughs> where does the rest that. of the staff? <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. I bet at one point he did. Everybody's done it at one point. Yeah, yeah. But who is it and who are the people involved that, that put all this stuff together? Because if there's anything I know without knowing the process, but knowing Andy Reid's system and how organized he is about everything. I bet there's a very beautiful system to all these all all this information gets disseminated. Yeah, so every team does it a little bit differently, right? Some people some people are actually employing full time medical assistants to do some of this stuff now. But uh, what I can tell you is the vast majority of teams uh, they go to the combine with orthopedic and medical uh, physicians, right? And head athletic trainers or vice presidents of you know sports medicine. Everybody has a little bit of different titles now, um, and then members of their staff of the athletic training staff, right? And so when you're sitting in those rooms uh, and everybody's being evaluated, there's people constantly scribbling notes on pen and paper or on iPad or typing them or whatever. Go ahead. Hey, real quick. So for the Chiefs, we're talking about athletic training staff that are hired by the by the Chiefs and also orthopedics who work for the University of Kansas Health System that are tied in and being like the head orthopedic guys for the Chiefs, right? Yeah, these would all be team NFL physicians and team medical staff. There's no outside people in those rooms. Right. So it's like right. Paul Schreppel, who everybody knows, went out and reset Patrick Mahomes' kneecap in Denver. That's how I always remember Paul. Um, but he works for the University of Kansas Health System, but he's the head. What is connection to the Chiefs? Because he's one of the guys who's going to be there. Yeah, every NFL team will have their head orthopedic and head medical physician there for these uh, uh, medical screenings. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And so yeah. Yeah. then then the head athletic trainer or uh, vice president, you know, head of sports uh, medical pro- uh, providers, you know, everybody's, like you said, look around the league. There's a bunch of different titles now for those head individuals. Yeah. Uh, th- those people will be there. And then most likely one to two other assistants will be there helping for data collection, right? 
And so then when that happens is then you come back to your town, right? And then you start to compile everything into a database or, you know, actually, I don't know that anybody actually uses uh, handwritten books anymore, but uh, they all go to electronic databases or iPads or whatever, and they get filed to that team's specific filing pattern. People all do it a little bit differently. It's not uh, standardized by any stretch of the imagination. And and then they, they file them how they see fit by their individual grading scale, not the standardized individual grading scale that's done, um, you know, uh, as most of us do in the medical community out in the lay population. But, uh, you know, like I said, everybody does it a little bit differently. And it is literally data entry and compilation over the course of the next month or whatever it is to the draft, right? Uh, and so that is a mountain, a mountain of work. Like you spend that those individuals that concentrate on that spend, you know, hours and hours and hours a day up until the draft, just entering data, making sure it's correct, checking that the side is right, checking that the the lettering is correct. Because when it comes to draft day and you're looking these details up, you can't have a right that's supposed to be a left. You know, that data has to be entered perfectly. And this gets reviewed dozens of times before that day. Right. You can't have an MCL. Uh, autocorrect to an LCL, you know what I mean? And so that type of thing has to be like painstakingly done because if it's not, then man, oh man, it's a, it's a bad deal. Right. And yeah. there's been some, there's been some stories over the years of some incidents like that, but not uh, anymore. Like people are really, really good and patient about like overlooking the data. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a process for sure. Yeah. It's the, the heroes behind the scenes that you don't hear about that are doing all of that work that, uh, same thing going like the backgrounds of players. I've seen those booklets, uh, those humongous pamphlets of information that every bad thing, every player that may get drafted has done in their life almost uh, with the way they get in there. But you combine that with medical and then obviously the on the field stuff. There's so much information um, at the hands of the people making these decisions that you can almost that paralysis by analysis like can absolutely creep in there when you have access to everything you could possibly want to make these decisions. Aaron, would you, outside of sitting in a room and doing testing on players for hours and hours and hours, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun, to be honest, what did you enjoy most about the combine? Well, during my time in the NFL, which was getting to be longer and longer ago now as I get older, um, you know, the the thing that has changed now is that we used to have medical meetings and business meetings all at the combine. That has changed a little bit now, and they do it at a separate weekend. But it was nice getting to see everybody uh, all your friends from around the league, because we are a big circle. Uh, yeah. Still to this day, I still talk to a lot of those people. And, you know, uh, I think getting to share stories of the season, getting to share stories of family and things like that, getting to go out and have dinner with some of those individuals, uh, you know, that that is my cherished memory of the Combines, is the, the kind of the uh, the brotherhood, if you will, now, and, and sisterhood as well. Uh, the conviviality amongst all of the uh, the, the people that, you know, are on the sidelines, I think is my best memories. And like getting to hang out with, you know, my friends from other teams uh, out in the city where you just don't get to do that during the year. Right. Cause you're just yeah. busy and you know, that kind of stuff is good. You get to learn a lot of stuff. You really get to educate yourself if you want to um, and put yourself out there and, you know, say, Hey, I need to know more about this or I've never heard of this condition before, or this yeah. is something new to me, that kind of thing. Uh, you get to get to get some experience from some different schools a lot of times. 
you know, yeah. so schools go in runs, right? Like obviously there's always the big schools, but then some small schools go in runs of always adding players to the mix. And so that was good to learn a lot about that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just always a variety. And that's the thing I actually enjoyed about it the most, you know, February in Indy can be dicey at best uh, weather-wise. And so you feel like you're always inside or you're shivering walking to a restaurant or something like that. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of really, really good core memories with, you know, some really good friends there over the years. And that's the thing that I, you know, cherish the most and both miss at the same time. Yeah, 100%. That's one of the reasons I enjoy going is that the networking, get to see everybody. Uh, and it's every it's every niche of football it's the athletic training staff and it's the the agents and the meeting with the gms and the deals it's media getting together it's equipments that like everyone who's in the nfl you see these little pockets of people have meetings um and it's just cool for everyone to be in a concentrated place and you're downtown in indy next week eating at a restaurant you're you're there for the combine most likely in some capacity um there's so many factions of people there's financial advisors all over the place those are the ones that were getting me uh because they're meeting with players and they're around to answer questions of, you know, they work with different agencies and their players there and the agents are there and just a cool experience. Uh, we're excited to go up there and cover it. All right, Aaron, before we let you go and appreciate this, apologize to anybody that thought we were going to talk players and all the, who are the chiefs going to draft? And we're going to have plenty of time for that content, but the medical portion of the combine being such a huge reason for it, wanted to give some background, educate people a little bit on the network here about uh, what's going on behind the scenes. That's so important. Uh, and putting together, you know, the that draft information. But Aaron, what are you doing now? Uh, give you a chance to plug uh, your your what helps you be able to go golfing in the middle of the afternoon in February. <laughs> so I'm still taking care of uh, NFL players uh, left and right. Seems like even more now. So in the off season, uh, both current and retired, uh, I take care of a lot of people here in the Kansas City area. Uh, obviously for orthopedic issues and post-surgical issues, but I also hop on planes and take care of people all over the United States. And I'm really enjoying that. And I kind of have the freedom to make my own schedule now and, you know, get to take my kids to practices a little bit more and things like that. And like I said, uh, since I'm, I am my own boss now, I told my boss that uh, today was a beautiful afternoon in Kansas city and I was going to go to the golf course. So um, hmm. I, I, I uh, my boss didn't like it very much, but I did it anyway. Rough. Rough life you got there, <laughs> just golfing whenever you feel like it, man. But it's cool. I know some of the, the clients that you have, and they're great people, and you're obviously very uh, very good at what you do. And I even threw some business your way with a bunch of old guys trying to play baseball still. The season's kicking up, Aaron, so you're going to be getting some more phone calls from the, the Kansas City Hustlers Men's Senior Baseball League when we all get hurt <laughs> in the first week because we're all out of shape. Everybody's in some type of shape, BJ. Some of us are round. Some of us are pear-shaped, you know. All right. Fair enough. Well, Tucker and I, as you're listening to this, Chiefs fans, Tucker and I are driving to Indianapolis. So we appreciate uh, you for listening. We'll have uh, the KC Laboratory going live tonight, only weird games tomorrow. And we'll have content coming to you from the Combine. As both Brett Veach and Andy Reid are set to speak with the media Tuesday right before lunch. So we'll have that covered for you as well. A lot of exciting stuff this offseason, especially with the salary cap, Aaron. I know you get really into that kind of stuff, but Salary cap went up like $30 million, like $255 million. Is that They're going to be able to pay Chris Jones and Legereus seed if they want. Nice. No problems. Yep. That's Aaron Borgman's analysis on the salary cap situation. <laughs> for we appreciate you, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you uh, next time. 
Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.